now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines and simple keywords with Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena, and happy hump day. Happy hump day. We're not celebrating any international holiday or an occasion. Happy Wednesday. I can't find anything. I'm just clicking my computer for notifications. Nothing today. Oh, that's so funny. You know, I, I do think if we relied uh, overtly on AI and computers, this might be the problem on a live show. <laughs> just a food for thought. Thanks yeah. for joining us. That um, not. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Let's jump in. It's a <laughs> All right. As always, we're going to try to clarify some of the major headlines for our listeners, uh, starting with this intense tug of war that seems to have really no me uh, middle ground. The medical strike, our first keyword of the day. No compromise. So President Yoon has criticized the collective action taken by trainee doctors. They are still protesting against the government's plan to increase the medical school quota despite threats of legal action. In fact, complaints have already been filed against five doctors affiliated with the KMA. What did the president have to say? Right. So he ruled out basically any changing horse uh, on the government's plans, putting his feet down uh, once again. He told a conference at Changwada that the medical reform plan cannot be the subject of negotiation or compromise. So he's basically saying that it's not up for discussion. Now, he added that it is impossible to justify collective action that takes place, uh, that takes rather people's health and uh, hostage and threatens their lives and safety and his hardline stance especially comes after a patient in her 80s uh, died in Tejan after she had to be uh, turned away at se several hospitals uh, because of uh, simply a lack of staff and there was also a young infant as well who had to uh, travel for hours because uh, they could just couldn't find a hospital um, to uh, care for the baby. Now, he said raising the quota by 2,000 at least came out of the urgency to revitalize regions out of the capital region and safeguard quality of care across the country. And he noted that the package of healthcare reforms included uh, many of the demands, actually, of the medical community. So um, he said the state would be failing in its constitutional duty to protect all medically vulnerable people, which he warned could become a reality in the near future, simply because of a, a lack of doctors in necessary fields. And he also noted research conducted by multiple institutions concluded that the country needs about 10,000 more doctors to secure an adequate number of doctors in areas with shortages of medical professionals uh, and to ensure fair access to health services across the nation. And he, uh, he stressed that even if the quota is increased now, the country will only begin to have more doctors 10 years later, mm. arguing that the government's plan cannot afford delays or reductions. So that's probably why the government and his administration is more adamant to get the plan um, up and running. Uh, now, many Koreans actually back Yoon's plan mm. uh, and because of it, his approval rating has um, inched up a little bit in re uh, recent months. Now, a recent uh, Gallup survey actually showed 76% of respondents support increasing the medical school quota. So, mm. yeah, despite all this um, public consensus uh, for the plan to raise the quota, uh, yeah, the, gov uh, the trainee doctors and doctors are still uh, protesting quite heavily uh, right. against uh, this plan, which is interesting. Now, the government has already taken its first legal action since the start of collective action, as we mentioned in the headlines. Uh, complaints filed against five doctors. What's the latest on this front? 
Right, so the health ministry filed a complaint with the police against five doctors of the Korea Medical Association. It's basically the largest lobby group uh, for the doctors. Uh, it warns, uh, it wants rather a probe uh, on charges of the violation of the medical law and obstruction of justice. Now, the ministry believes these individuals supported the collective resignation of residents, thereby instigating and abetting collective action. Now, this comes ahead of tomorrow's deadline that was set by the government for residents to return to work uh, if they don't want any legal repercussions. Now, in addition, the ministry also filed a complaint against people uh, who posted kind of inciting messages uh, online, uh, trying to encourage these kind of uh, collective actions, um, but they didn't specify who they were. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so... There are some uh, legal actions already taking place. Will that set precedent for kind of mass investigations and mm. mass illegal actions uh, when it does pass uh, tomorrow's deadline? And some, it's highly expected that a lot of these trainee doctors won't adhere to that right. ultimatum. So right. uh, we'll have to see uh, what goes, uh, what comes after Thursday, basically. That's right. So we'll wait for the Thursday deadline. But as you've already alluded to, Adam, it's so heated and it's such mm. a tense tug of war. I'm not quite sure if if the trainee doctors who've already, you know, sent their resignation letter and walked out of their post essentially will return because of an ultimatum. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the momentum on both sides right. as well, the government has the public backing, so they're using that as kind of a, a, a strong support uh, and a back a backing for us. The trainee doctors, for example, more and more doctors are walk, walking out of their jobs, hmm. so that creates momentum for them. So, yeah, it's only going to be exacerbated from now on. All right, we'll wait and see. Let's move on to our second keyword of the day. North Korea-Russia exchanges. So as we've talked about on the segment several times before, so there are several leads. Uh, it's not just a suspicion. Uh, there is more grounds for us to understand that the North Korea and Russia are, you know, sharing more supplies, military, humanitarian, otherwise. Now, Seoul's defense chief, Shinwanchik, says North Korea has supplied Russia with millions of artillery shells in return for food aid. Can you tell us more? Right. So he told reporters that North Korea has provided Russia with 6,700 shipping containers worth of artillery shells over the past six months. Now, this includes over apparently 3,152mm artillery, uh, artillery shells or more than 500,122mm uh, multiple rocket launcher shells. Now, in return, the North is believed to have received from Russia enough food and other essentials to fill about 10,000 shipping containers over the same period. Now, Shin said it's difficult to know the exact contents of these containers, but food seems to constitute the largest portion. Now, he added that due to Russia's food aid, food prices in the North have actually uh, remained stable because of it. Now, he also noted that the North Korean military factories for producing arms for Russia were operating at full capacity. Uh, as well. So uh, there could be a possibility that this is going to be prolonged. Mm -hmm. Now, aside from food, he said Russia is believed to be supplying North Korea with other essential items as well as materials required for manufacturing weapons. Now, regarding military technology provided by Russia to North Korea, Shin anticipated the continuation of satellite technology support as promised by, uh, by Vladimir Putin along with North Korea's requests for aircraft technology and ground maneuver equipment technology from Russia. Uh, he added that as Russia relies more on North Korean artillery, the extent of Russian technology transfer might increase. And of course, um, uh, Russia's war with Ukraine is still ongoing. So that is a, 
a highly likely uh, possibility. Now, he also said Pyongyang does not have, as of now, the capacity to wage a full-scale war, but uh, that it was still capable of launching localized attacks at any time. We saw uh, a spout of uh, cruise missile tests uh, this year, earlier this year. So uh, those are kind of um, attacks that are uh, highly feared locally anyway. Now, he revealed plans to double uh, the number of joint military exercises with the U.S. Uh, in the first half of this year compared to last year to maintain readiness mm-hmm. against North Korean threat. All right, with that, we move on to our third keyword of the day. Death on duty. So we've talked about the case before. Now, the government has recognized the death of a teacher who took her own life last year after harassment by parents as a death in the line of duty. Ever since uh, this case and teachers' uproar, there has been efforts and a fight to increase sort of the boundaries for educators' rights. What's the latest, Adam? Yeah, so this whole issue uh, took uh, the news by storm. It became a huge social issue and there was a lot of attention to this. So, of course, that brings a little bit of pressure on the government to try and um, fix the issue, basically. There's been relevant laws that were passed in Parliament as well, politicians, lawmakers getting involved. Uh, Now, the bereaved family members of the late teacher uh, at Seoul Tai Elementary School informed a few acquaintances in the education community of the government's decision uh, that was delivered to them. Now, teachers' unions welcomed the decision, stating it was a meaningful recognition of the challenges teachers face and the issue of infringements upon their rights. They mentioned that the support and concern of half a million teachers played a significant role in achieving this recognition. Separately, the government also made the same de- uh, decision on the death of a female teacher who was fatally beaten by a man on her way to work in southwestern Seoul in August last year. Uh, in Shillin, to be precise. Now, the assailant was convicted of attempted rape and murder and is serving life in prison, although the cause of the actual attack is different from the um, suicide of the young teacher in southern Seoul. Uh, still, um, it brings about the question of protection of teachers. Uh, now, however, a teacher found dead uh, near a bridge in Kunsan last year, also in an apparent suicide, was actually not recognised as a line-of-duty death, and therefore the education community expressed regret for that decision. Uh, the teachers' union criticised the low rate of duty-related death res- recognitions for teachers, attributing, uh, attributing it to the burden of proof placed solely uh, on the families. So basically the educational authorities not getting involved as well as the governments. And mm-hmm. so they're urging educational authorities to develop a system uh, for families applying for recognition. So it becomes easier for them uh, to kind of, you know, prove that these teachers were harassed uh, in, in this recent case by parents or students alike. And so, yeah, it should uh, constitute as uh, a line of duty death. Mm. And for our fourth key word, uh, we got to dig deep to look at the fundamentals of several other social issues. How do we go about fixing uh, things like looking for quality jobs, overheated school competition, uh, and so much more? Our fourth key word of the day. Bigger firms, better jobs. Hmm. Really? (laughs) (laughs) That's the hope anyway. (laughs) That is the hope anyway. So the Korea Development Institute says a shortage of good jobs uh, given by large corporations is a significant cause of various societal issues such as intense competition and declining birth rates. Can you tell us the details of the report? 
Right. So the KDS report suggests that generally larger businesses are better at creating quality jobs. Uh, it may seem obvious, but uh, the data shows that's not really the case uh, at the moment. And thus, the government should facilitate conditions that promote mm. uh, basically the scaling up of companies. And it points out that young people generally prefer jobs at large corporations over those at small and medium sized enterprises, although the trend of that has changed a little Shifted bit. A little in bit. Yeah, mm. a little bit in recent years, but still... Uh, and the larger corporations are the more attractive job uh, options for uh, people now, although a lot of people still uh, want to tend to uh, go for startups, although the proportion, the ratio of the two. <laughs> Look still... how carefully you're wording this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to sound like uh, we can't uh, speak for kids, everyone, obviously. These days, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, take it with a grain of salt yeah. because it, these reports require a little bit of generalization, right? Where the yeah, majority lies and this is right. where the majority is. Okay. It's all based on data. So the data still shows that large uh, company jobs are still popular at the moment. Now, the issue lies in the reality that most available jobs are with uh, SMEs and not actually large corporations uh, as well. So according to a, a survey by the Career Chamber of Commerce and Industry last year, only 16% of college students wish to work for uh, SMEs, 64% preferred large corporations, uh, and 44% actually in the public sector, because, you know, being working uh, as a public servant in Korea, especially, the, there's exams associated with it, and it's the uh, safest kind of option is mm. what it's being touted as. Now, the proportion of large companies in Korea is actually significantly lower compared to other OECD countries. The Tebar is, uh, is what the Koreans call it. Now, while the OECD distinguishes uh, between large and small companies based on a threshold of 250 employees, although the criteria here in Korea is 300, mm. uh, the share of jobs provided by companies with more than 250 employees in Korea is the lowest among OECD countries. Now, the difference in working conditions and wages between large, medium and small companies is substantial with maternity leave and parental leave uptake rates also significantly lower uh, in SMEs. So these kind of uh, job welfare projects and policies are more um, uh, prominent in large corporations. Uh, now, the report indicates that the lack of jobs at large companies leads to fierce competition for university admissions and contributes to the low birth rate as mm -hmm. well. The overheating of private education is also being attributed to the lack of quality jobs. Mm. Uh, the issue of low birth rates is connected to the inadequacy of maternity protection measures in SMEs, where it's challenging to utilize mm. such policies effectively. Also, the concentration of the population in the met metropolitan area uh, is ultimately due to the quest for better job opportunities, it's because where uh, a lot of large companies are residing uh, in. So the report suggests that regions with larger businesses tend to have higher labor productivity and wage levels and less population outflow uh, to the metropolitan areas. And to address these problems, the report emphasizes the need to increase the number of quality jobs by scaling up these large companies while substantially supporting SMEs as well. All right. And that brings us to our final keyword of the day. Renovating Southwest. The Seoul Metropolitan Government has unveiled plans to redevelop the southwest of the capital into an innovative urban district. This is a relatively underdeveloped part of Seoul City. So what's the plan? Right, so this uh, plan was unveiled by Seoul Mayor Oseun. He wants basically the southwest of Seoul uh, in 2025 to transform into an industrial, uh, from rather an industrial and old residential area into futuristic high-tech industrial clusters and residential leisure and work areas with a lot of green spaces. They're sprucing it up, basically. Now, the plan will start with regulatory and institutional improvements within this year. 
Uh, and the changes are expected, according to the mayor anyway, to be visible by as early as 2026. Uh, now, the southwest was actually a driving force behind modernization and industrialization uh, as a consumer and manufacturing hub during the 60s and 70s. There was a lot of manufacturing uh, factories as well. Mm. Uh, how it's bec- however, it has become a kind of a stagnant region as of late. Uh, and, um, yeah, so the metropolitan government wants to basically fix all these regulatory restrictions that are still in place actually for the area to you know build high rises for example and ease restrictions for a lot of housing projects to be developed there as well all right uh, let's uh end the segment there today thank you so much adam for wrapping through that we'll see you tomorrow <laughs> you're very welcome so much to say too little time i'll see you tomorrow <laughs> If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.